rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of the Cosmic Force. I am one of your hosts, Emma Park, and tonight, tonight, Naked Palpatine and Hot Dog Boba Fett walk into a random podcast episode on YouTube. What happens next? You'll never believe. That's right, folks. We are talking about Dark Empire, the most talked about comic in Cosmic Force history, but one that we've never actually talked about officially. So it'll be a lot of fun to do that. Uh, and of course, I had to have two very special guests to join me tonight uh, to talk about this. Uh, it's only fitting that we have um, the the perpetuators of this this meme in our community <laughs> joining me to discuss, uh, you know, the the holy holy comic to us. Um, we've got, uh, you know, we've got Jared Mays with us. I mean, uh, Jared, he's the one that brought up Naked Palpatine in the first place. Jared, do I mean, we have Jared, or do we have? <laughs> Scooby-Doo Luke Skywalker. Scooby-Doo Luke. Oh, I forgot about that one. I should have said, I should have said, Naked Palpatine, Hot Dog Buffett, and Scooby-Doo Luke Skywalker. There's, there's a yes. lot of them. There's a lot <laughs> there's of them. You get the, yeah. you get the world vacuum, the, the vacuum cleaner, world devastators. Yeah. So many things come from so this. So many things. We haven't talked about Vima Dabota yet. I mean, come on. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is just an excellent story. I tell you what, I've been a little bit like, uh, you know, Star Wars out lately. To yeah. a certain degree, because it's yeah. just celebration was a lot. Yeah, celebration was a lot, and it was so satisfying. And then uh, after that, we had Kenobi, which was also a lot, like emotionally for us Star Wars fans to handle. And so then I went into some of my bottom tier Legends books that I'm trying to finish out, and it's just been like uh, it's a, it's been a grind. It's been a grind. Get my like, the day job to then Emma says, "Would you read Dark Empire?" for the cosmic force. <laughs> and the other day I was like, all right, I got to focus on this. It's homework. You know, I got a show coming up and I sat down with dark empire for a couple of evenings. And Oh my gosh, was it not the most reinvigorating <laughs> star Wars experience in my life? My wife looks over at me and I just have this huge goofy <laughs> grin. She's like, what are, is happening over there? What are you looking at on that iPad? And I was like, yeah, it's the Star Wars. And um, <laughs> anyway, Emma, thank you for having me on. I'm very, very happy to talk about my favorite Star Wars story of all time. Yes, of course. I mean, we couldn't do this one without you, Jared. And you know who else we couldn't do it without? Is Freddie C. Not even a monsoon could prevent him <laughs> from joining our episode tonight. Freddie, how are you doing? It has been an absolute journey to get onto this episode tonight. <laughs> And on this day, or on this night, I guess, the eve of our 100th episode, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be yes. talking about, uh, uh, what, what are they calling us? The, the, uh, the per, per, what did you say, Perpetuator. Perpe the perpetrators of... Uh, <laughs> of <laughs> the perps. The, per uh, yeah. the perps. <laughs> Let's For go sure. with that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I didn't even plan this episode to work out with the eve of the 100th episode of Legends Look Back, but it... it, it <laughs> It was serendipitous, I gotta say. Like, <laughs> you know, there's one really, definitely really great. There's one thing Jared said about you know reinvigorating the fandom, and there's nothing like going back mm -hmm. into old school stuff. The the 
the the homebrew, if you will, the uh, chicken noodle soup of Star Wars, and I think this is what the, the what it is for Jared at least. Are you really going to compare it, Dark Empire, to noodles? <laughs> Ready? <Yes. laughs> fell right into that one. Oh goodness! He fell into a vat of noodles. Everybody, you heard a it here on the Cosmic Force. Noodles. That is probably the only way you can describe noodles that make them sound disgusting. <laughs> All right, everybody. Before before we you know lose ourselves too much here. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We don't usually open the show in such a strange way, but it's a special episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a Star Wars Comics podcast. That's part of the Utini Broadcast Network. Uh, we broadcast live right here on youtube.com slash Utini every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't join us live, that's okay, because we're also available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We have a Discord server at utini.com slash Discord with over a thousand members with dozens of channels to choose from. Uh, so definitely join us there and join the conversation. Send us your your favorite Dark Empire meme. There's so many to choose from. <laughs> if you like what you see and want to say thanks, head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire utini podcast network of shows, as well as exclusive merch and community involvement activities. So, Jared, uh, we don't have any new new patrons this week, but but g- g- give give the folks listen, listening, you know, they might not be a patron right now, but g- give them a pitch. Like, why should they join our patron? Patreon. Oh, put me on the spot. Something do fun. it. Okay. I'm doing it. Yes. So there's <laughs> all kinds of Patreon-exclusive content that we've cranked out over the years. Every now and then, one of us on the team will be like, I'm going to do this thing. And <laughs> they'll say, put it up on Patreon. Like, that's that's definitely not for the broad internet it's very niche so yeah let's give some extra bonus content i've got like a five-part series one more to come eventually as soon as i can dedicate an entire weekend toward the project a five-part series of building my star wars room from scratch and so i'll grab the camera and i'll grab a project and you get to see me mess up and hurt myself and uh (laughs) Choose the tunes to jam along to, and we've got all kinds of stuff, Patreon-exclusive podcasts, some that we've started and killed in the time that you could have already listened to um, as a patron. So, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff. We did Lightspeed Skipping. That's all up on there. I mean, there's some fun content mm, on Patreon. Lightspeed Skipping is some of the you know funniest Star Wars podcasts that you'll listen to, like, period, ever. And, and like Jared said, I mean, it's not just podcasts you get. You know, you get special YouTube stuff. Um, you get, what else do you get? Yeah, you get, like, uh, community involvement activities. Sometimes we have, like, watch parties every once in a while on Discord. Like, it's a lot of fun. So uh, we'd love to see a new pat- patron or two on our list next week. Um, all right, so moving next to our weekly pull list. As always, it is Wednesday, new comic book day, and that means new Star Wars comics. Uh, first up, we have Bounty Hunters number 26, Raid on the Vermilion Part 3. This is written by Ethan Sachs, with uh, the art by Paolo Villanelli, colors by R.F. Prianto, letters by Travis Lanham, and the cover is by Giuseppe Camincoli and Jesus Abertov. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I haven't read this one yet today, but I'm really looking forward to it. Bounty Hunters has really been picking up for me. I know uh, a lot of people have been feeling similarly, which is interesting because, you know, Val- Valence, you know, he's he's kind of off doing his own thing right now. So you would wow. think that that would be crazy. Isn't that insane? Yeah, yeah the series, series started 
gets rough for me and then, yeah same and then has has improved i'm i'm still back around issue 20 on the main yeah. lines like the three you got vader and star wars and and uh bounty hunters i'm on 20 of all those so i gotta catch up but it's got kira on the cover so uh yeah so i'm missing something <laughs> i'm missing something <laughs> Very much so. I mean, we're still in like, we're at the very tail end of the Crimson Reign era. Um, you know, that miniseries is wrapped up now, but, but you know, she's she's still kicking around, you know, and I we'd love to see it. I did not know that. I'm very excited. It, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it, it would take a lot to, to knock her out of the, the events of the, oh, of the sure. Star Wars. Yes, definitely. Uh, speaking of, of some hardy characters here, we've got uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca, uh, issue number five. Uh, subtitled The Crystal Run Part 5. Uh, this is written by Mark Guggenheim with pencils by David Messina, colors by Alex Sinclair, letters by Joe Caramanga, and the cover is from our good buddy Phil Noto. Uh, I've been awesome. really enjoying this comic quite a bit, and uh, I have no idea who these two characters are on the front, but I'm very It's Han Solo intrigued. and Chewbacca. <laughs> right? oh, they just, yes, yes. They're oh. in costume. They're in costume, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that would be fascinating. I'm right now. I'm noticing that the two characters that I'm, you know, kind of unfamiliar with, they both have, you know, kind of like the Han Solo belt holster thing going oh, on. So they do. Yeah. Emma, remind me sometime to tell you about my belt buckle collection. I have over a hundred belt buckles of various what? shapes and sizes. <laughs> okay, I do. that is going on my list of things to do because <laughs> I need to know about that desperately. <laughs> Wow, is one of them a Star Wars one at least? Yeah, four or five. Good, good, good. I had no idea that they made Star Wars belt buckles, but I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> they don't exactly Our... work well on a YouTube podcast because you no, know, the I'd waste. imagine not. You yeah, know, like stick it up to the camera. You know what I'm saying? R- right, right. That'd be that'd be a little awkward. A little awkward, <laughs> but. Uh... Yeah, I'll not as awkward as Dark Empire. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, no, not no. Certainly not. But uh, move along. Hey, you know, we, we we do it for the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. And, and to round out our releases, this came out yesterday. Um, kind of fitting that you guys are on here, and there was a Legends release yesterday. Yes. Uh, Le- the Legends Epic Collection, the Clone Wars Volume Four came out yesterday um and this is by various art authors and artists um if i were to list all of them we'd be here for like another 10 (laughs) minutes but shout out to everyone involved um this cover though is by dave dorman i think this is like an absolutely gorgeous cover we love Um, us some dave dorman don't we yeah love some dave dorman you know how about this there is in the background go ahead emma finish (laughs) no 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 i was just saying like grievous he looks like (laughs) He looks so creepy, looks like back tortured. there, and you got the shadows, and it's just, yeah, it's just really creepy. Yeah, his the underneaths of his eye sacks there look like yeah, mine. Eye sacks, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, looking <laughs> looks like a sleepy boy, grievous, grievous, sleepy um, boy, grievous. <laughs> there's there's a comic in this Legends collection that is not Legends. Oh, in it's classic, Darth Maul Throne of Dathomir, right? That's right. In classic Star Wars <laughs> style, they somehow managed to cross the streams. <laughs> oh, no. Jared, yep. I don't think I would have actually... like. Okay, so I have the list here. And I don't I don't think I would have noticed that if you didn't point it out, even though I, can't I know decide, that it's canon, you know? <laughs> I can't decide if I think it's like charming, because, of course, Star Wars would do something <laughs> wacky like this. Because, of course, like the first movie is episode four, right? Right. Um, <laughs> Or if I'm frustrated. Yep. Okay. My eye just started to twitch. Uh-huh. Yep, he's frustrated, yep. folks. <laughs> I yeah. can see it. Put a well, I, I mean, comic. The, 
the rest of them are legends, though. You know, you've got the the Star Wars Free Comic Day Comic Book Day special from 2005, um, and I don't know, Jared, if I'm saying this right. Synthesis. Is I've that never correct? heard this. I have no idea. Okay, so you know I this, think... I've never heard yeah, of that. Synthesis. It sounds like a, a Sith plant that is going through photosynthesis, but it's evil. <laughs> So it goes through synthesis. I believe I mean, it sounds checks that, out to that me. That vibes with the whole the whole Sith thing. Yeah. So it's called synthesis, and it's from Star Wars Visionaries. It sounds like it's like a shorter sort of story. I don't know. We'll have to check that out. Uh, it's also got Republic issues seventy four to seventy seven and eighty one to eighty three. It also has the the Revenge of the Sith adaptation, um, Tag and Bank Revenge of the Clone Menace. And lastly, a Death Star is born from Star Wars Tales number four. I love the pun in that. It's great. So basically, <laughs> so cool. everything surrounding Revenge of the Sith, like yeah. uh, before and after Order yeah, sixty six. That's, that's cool. Like. Yeah. yeah. So I so I wonder if this is the you know the last Clone Wars volume of the Legends Epic Collections. Kind of seems like it based yeah. on the selections here, but cool, interesting. Volume yeah. Four. So if you uh, if you want to get any of these. Uh, you know these these issues or the Legends Epic Collection. As always, all of the links to purchase these are down in the description below. Um, so next up, we have our what we're loving segment. Uh, we've got no art of the week this week, just because there's like so much to talk about with Dark Empire. Um, but we do want to talk about notable things from the group, what we're reading or otherwise. So Jared, what do you have to share today? Oh yeah, I'm going to grab this off the shelf. Here we go. I'm listening to audio book. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I've got uh, got this celebration stories of Jedi oh, yeah. and Sith. So I've got I think I've got another cover of it. We're up again. No, no, no. <laughs> Apparently, I still need to pick up my other cover of this bad boy. The audiobook just came out. Y'all know about this? The audiobook got delayed. No. Audiobook got delayed, and now my whole room is shaking because I <laughs> got up to go get this beautiful <laughs> book. Um, I think it's signed by an author or two. All right. The audiobook has a full cast narration. They've even got uh, the actress Nika Futterman, who played Ventress, reads a story. Oh, nice. They've got Sam Witwer, who plays Maul, does a story. So far, I've listened to two. Both stories are excellent. Excellent. The second one that I listened to is a Qui-Gon Jinn story set in and around the events of... What's the one with by Claudia Gray? Oh, Master that and Apprentice. Utini, yes. So there's a tie-in story to Master no and Apprentice way. in here. It ties what? in. It ties in. And the audiobook narrator who does the second story, who he does the best Liam Neeson impression I've ever heard. It is Dude, I'm gonna have to listen to the audiobook now. <laughs> it, I the it's entire drive to and from the greasy hamburger place I went to for lunch, I was like, "Ooh, I got Liam Neeson <laughs> in here with me." Um, man, yeah, anyway, so I'm that's what I'm loving. It's not oh, a comic. Does it count? It's got it's got. Pictures. Oh, it absolutely counts. Oh, it yeah. definitely counts. Yeah, and they're by uh, by Jake Bartok. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got to meet him. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. I uh, I, I think I've told this story on the show before, but in case I haven't, I uh, I got his signature on my high republic poster oh yeah. oh yeah look at that art oh that's so good so good yeah i got a signature on my high republic poster oh, because cool. i got yeah. a poster like an art print and uh it was actually drawn by him and he was standing behind me in line uh for the high republic author signing so i was like hey man look what i brought for all the authors to sign and he signed it for me it was really awesome what is this Ooh, look at that. hologram yeah 
Uh, what's yeah. his, his my favorite Qui Gon quote from the movies? Is very fast, very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about pod racing. Oh, I, I say it all the time. Anytime like the puppy starts running around, I'll turn to my wife and I'll say, "Very fast, very dangerous." <laughs> oh my god, oh, uh, Freddie, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, so I, I've been going through Freddie C's archives. I've been finding a lot of what? old stuff recently. Oh yes, oh yes, Jared, I have. I'm looking at some hardcovers right now that I'm going to show for the hundredth, possibly if we have time. Uh, things that I found we do now that uh, you know <laughs> that I haven't seen in a long time. Also, stuff like this. Uh, the what is this? The official game guide for oh man, Star Wars oh. galaxies. <laughs> a Star Wars book I've never seen before. That's it's fun. Got, it's got maps. Of, it looks like a phone book. Oh yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's got maps of each of the worlds and and like the big cities like Mos Espa, where you can find certain certain things. Right. Uh, I've also got this one, Empire at War. I uh, found this one as well. Oh, very uh, nice. Do you have cheat codes, Freddie? <laughs> I don't know if there's any, There's probably cheat codes in here. Uh, this don't tell here, Andrew. Another official strategy <laughs> game guide, Galactic Battlegrounds. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It, it was... I bet you that was made before Emma was even born. Probably. Ooh, the, when, <laughs> probably. The, uh, when was the publishing date on this? I'm not sure, but probably. <laughs> and then... Uh, a couple more things here. I know it's a lot of random stuff. It's it's crazy. Though. Uh, I, I'm sure some of you might remember this. The Art of Star Wars Episode 1. I think it came in oh, cool. the VHS. Uh, but it has a lot of concept art from... Go back to that Gungan. <laughs> Hold full on. Full of <laughs> what a quote. Whoa, look at... <laughs> Holy it. smokes. Charger eating that thing. Wow. Yep, yep. For our audio listeners, Freddie's showing off some weird stuff. Yeah, and I don't really know how to describe it for our audio listeners. It's I don't think weird. he can. I think you need to see it. There's some Gungan concept art that I've never laid eyes beautiful on yeah. before. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, so oh, that, that's really fascinating. Some Padme a lot of cool art. art in here. I feel like it deserves a lot of, uh, what is that, Valentine Farfalla? Hold up. No, I, we got a we got a young Liam Neeson looking like a hologram. Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, this Empire Strikes Back storybook, which I think is for kids. Oh, wow. And it tells the story of Star Wars in like a, I don't know, like a picture book format. Does that make sense? Here, yeah, that's so cool. I just watched Empire. I've been watching Empire with my kids last couple nights. So this is fun to see. That's amazing. So, and that's like from, you know, 19, like 1980. Oh, this is from a long time ago. Yeah, you can tell just how yeah. old it looks. How crusty it is. And crusty. And it's very it's crusty. It's an elastic book, so I must have found it somewhere. I don't know. I don't remember even having yeah. it. Did you bust <laughs> open your piggy bank on the counter at the book fair in order to buy that? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Although, oh, man. 1980, I was definitely uh, not around yet. I was negative seven years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's Don't ask so Emma great. how many negatives she was at that point. <laughs> that was a lot of negatives at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make us sound uh, Well, that was a good... You guys always bring the best show and tells to the show. Best um, Smeller. So, best Smeller. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, I actually don't have a book this week, but I do have something to show the audience. Um, I think, you know, it was like maybe a month or two ago, uh, I brought my cousin dog uh, named Ivy on the show and she hung out with me for like the entire episode 
Well, my family and I, we caught, you know, puppy fever and we got... <laughs> oh, we're about to do it. Oh, oh yes. Oh, we're about, we about to, do, to it. do it. Yeah, we're about to do it. Uh, we got a puppy and I have her waiting in the wings. So let me <laughs> let me get on the one cam here. Yes. It's a puppy podcast, everybody. Enter stage left. Hi, everyone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is Finley, Finley what May. She's an Irish Jack Russell Terrier. And hi, Finley. Yeah, Speak. you see all the lights? Speak. Yeah, she's Speak. very nervous. Speak. No, she won't bark my, into the microphone. So I, like, I texted my dad to come bring her up uh, when we were ready. And she's over here, like, like choking on something like while you guys are speaking i'm like what's the matter finley so anyways she's shaking i don't think she likes the lights but i just wanted to show everyone because you know i'm a i'm a happy girl now that we have hi yes Is, hello oh, oh there we go that's the thumbnail right there <laughs> yes Is that so the same dog say, as wishbone wishbone who's wishbone Ooh, we had another classic uh tale there uh wishbone was a dog who would tell stories to his kid what the dog <laughs> <Yeah>. had a kid <laughs> what kind of spice are you on tonight freddie wishbone oh, was a storytelling dog how about that i i like it i like I've to think that memory. finley is the same as the storytelling dog i like to think that <laughs> so yeah that's that's kind of my the big thing that's happened this week we weren't supposed to get her for another couple of weeks but um she was able to come home for, to us earlier and nice. you know it's, it's been really exciting and i got her a couple star wars toys at PetSmart, and oh. <laughs> yeah they have like a whole st uh, you know star wars section at you know at least my local pet smart and uh they had like some halloween costumes out currently working on trying to convince my family to let her let me dress her up as something <laughs> from star wars but we'll we'll work on that so yeah welcome finley to the park family welcome to the podcast for sure <laughs> yes <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. Um, I think we've waited long enough, right? Like, oh, I've got one more. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> since we're talking about Dark Empire and I, we're about to get into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I showed off some of my single issues recently. I, I actually had not taken these out of the bag yet. Um, these are Ooh. like perfect Jim Mint tins. Uh, they they are just in pristine condition. I've never seen Palpatine looking so crispy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I also have a couple of more Dark Empire related items of merch. The Dark Empire source book. I was doing some some Trevor esque reading of the short stories, the original fiction in the West End Games source wow. books earlier in the week. And there's like the whole story of Boba Fett getting out of the Sarlacc pit. You got some classic oh, Camp wow. Kennedy art up in here. Um, really some amazing stuff. And uh, I'm happy to have this in my collection. Some of these hardcover. Um, Western game source books have become quite rare. And then I've got one action figure that I picked up. Well, I think it might have got this when I was hanging out with Freddie in uh, sunny California there on our oh. thrift store adventure. Yep. I've got, um, I, I like to call it Va Vampire Collar Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, I didn't know they made figures from Dark Empire. Well, yeah. Emma, I'm so glad you asked. They, okay. <laughs> they made... A handful of expanded universe figures, a little line. They've got a picture of the line on the back from Dark Empire. There's uh, Vampire Caller Luke. You've got yeah, that's right. Leia, who saves the day. Save the day, Leia, as I like to call her. You've got Palpatine, you know, young and close. Is he? Wait, what? They make a figure of that? But he has a robe on, so Aww. somebody's going to have to buy it. <laughs> and dip it into a vat of goo. 
anyway, we'll get there. So then there's <laughs> a part of this expanded universe figure line from 1998. There's also Kyle Katarn, Admiral Thrawn, which I have. There's a space trooper from Dark Forces, and I kid you not, and I don't know what this is from. There's an, a red robed, like royal guard, but his armor looks like a kind of medieval knight, and he's carrying a battle axe, and he has a samurai <laughs> helmet. So yeah, that's... whatever that's from, I'm gonna need it in my life pretty yeah. soon. And that's Jared, Star Wars right there. If I'm not mistaken, that that card is not just a flat card right there's a there's a diorama inside it will i i don't know that i'm gonna pop it yeah. i think i'm gonna keep it in the package mm-hmm. yeah, if you notice, i respect that yeah if you notice it if you can see it on the camera there it's got like a little bump in the uh in the card there and you cut it out it does it has, correct. it's a whole uh dark empire diorama what uh, gonna have to buy another set of the figures <laughs> yeah. To construct yeah yeah the diorama <laughs> yeah and then and then our patreon like a, a patreon goal could be to buy one of those Palpatine figures. Have Jared, one of your kids, make slime, <laughs> and you uh, can figure out the rest. We're gonna do that this weekend. In do fact. it. I think that has now risen on the priorities. If list. there's, I mean, that is the reason to join Patreon. I mean, when I <laughs> asked Jared for the pitch earlier, that's the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Don't tell Corey that that's on the idea. Right. Yes. No. That will that will stay between us. Someday he'll realize. Wait. What? What? I what smell did a they veto. do behind my back? That's right. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, let's keep this Dark Empire train rolling here. Um, so, Dark Empire, very very infamous comic, six, six issue miniseries. It ended up being a trilogy, uh, but we're only talking about the the first you know the first part of that trilogy. The actual first part, not like. You know, one that comes in the middle, you know, like Star Wars tends to do. <laughs> right. Um, it is written by Tom Veach uh, with art by Cam Kennedy. Yes, may he rest in peace. Uh, art by Cam Kennedy. Letters by Todd Klein. Uh, and the cover art is by Dave Dorman, who we yes. mentioned earlier on in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was edited by Barbara Kessel. It's a very Star Warsy last name there. Uh, oh, and it was cool. first published in uh, December 1991. So... With the with the publication facts here, all right, yes. just for a second. Yeah. We last week we did the old school Marvel stuff, which ended in '86. Mm-hmm. This was the first Star Wars comic published in five years, and it oh. immediately followed that goofy, wacky, wild, <laughs> bright, cartoony comic book. Yeah, with this, and then. You open up to dark and broody Luke Skywalker. I mean, it is yeah. such a change yeah. of pace. That's such a great from point. What had come before. So the history, this enhanced my reading so much more than ever before. Having just read a bunch of that Marvel stuff going into this, that's fascinating. I honestly didn't think of that before, um, and I'm glad you brought up art because I I pulled a bunch of images here uh, to show in a slideshow oh. throughout the show. Um, so yeah, it, the art is is absolutely fascinating. I can't wait to talk about that yeah. uh, coming up later. And um, so I, I think you know we we always like to start our episodes off with a a nice little little summary. And it just so happens that um, Legends Look Back has done this roundtable before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jared, tell the fine folks when this roundtable took place. Well, 
There was a little something that happened in March of 2020 <laughs> that derailed the world a little bit. You know what I'm talking AKA about? AKA we found out about Naked Palpatine. That's what derailed the world. <laughs> That's the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was Freddie and I were both like, I don't know. Whoa! I <laughs> Leia just glared me. I didn't mean it, to put that one in the slideshow, but I'm kind of glad it ended gl- up in there. Glared a hole in me <laughs> as I was trying Jeez. to explain why I came up with the dark, the, the naked Palpatine meme. Um, get, it, get it, get it right. Okay, that's what she's saying. Get it right. <laughs> Basically, when COVID hit, yeah. Freddie and I were like, "How are we going to keep making the show? Like our lives are derailed. Um, we just didn't feel like doing anything. Everybody was paralyzed by fear and." Um, some of us were sick the unknown sure the unknown and i said let's just do our favorite stories and so we went back and forth for six weeks of i picked my favorite story he picked his favorite story i picked my second favorite story we just went back and forth and so we read in april of 2020 we did dark empire maybe right after trusit bakura or trusit bakura was immediately afterwards so we just this was our comfort food we needed we needed something that we loved and was familiar to us yep. to, to get us through, and it did. Yep. And it cured the world of COVID. <laughs> that's that's what happened. It was all it was all naked Palpatine and hot dog Boba Fett and Scooby Doo Luke Skywalker. They they were the ones that did it. <laughs> I was reading over this summary earlier, try, trying to figure out if this was the one that I wrote or if you wrote a new one, and I found the words some. Some epic grandstanding. And I was like, yep, I wrote that. For sure, that was me. <laughs> Fun fact, I haven't actually read this summary yet, like, at all. I just copied and pasted it. So I'm really looking forward to this now. <laughs> all right. What do you say? Let's uh, let's alternate uh, alternate bullets here. I'll go, then Jared, then Freddie. Freddie, you're able to, to access this, right? Yep, yep. I can see everything. Good, 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 good. Cool. All right. I will start with the first bullet point. All right. The Imperial holdouts have dug in on Coruscant, a.k.a. the Imperial Center, and the rebels are entrenched in a brutal battle to free the galactic capital. A dark and broody Luke Skywalker feels the stirrings of something powerful uh, and uh, maleficent uh, making its presence known, which triggers an energy storm slash hyperspace wormhole. By the way, hyperspace wormhole is literally what is said in the comic. That is not a descriptor. That is canon. uh, Or legends, I guess. Uh, Which... (laughs) Which lands Luke in an Imperial dungeon ship. Uh, and I remember the word Mandalorian walls being uttered, um, which is so fascinating that he knew that the walls were Mandalorian. Uh, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. 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 yeah it was cool. It, it was hit cool. different. It hit different since all the Mandalorian yeah. stuff we've yeah, got it recently. Did. It did. It really you did. You know what else hit different? The word Maleficent. I cannot believe I used that. I know. What a great I writer like... wrote these notes. <laughs> <laughs> it takes him to Biss, the new Imperial homeworld in the deep core, where he comes to f- comes face to face with Emperor Palpatine himself. <gasps> He's fully clothed right now. He reveals the that the dark side allows him to transfer his essence to clones of himself and that he's in need of a new apprentice. Desperate and hopeless to defeat Palpatine once and for all, Luke pledges himself to become Palpatine's new Sith apprentice. At first, I thought that said he's in need of a new appearance. <laughs> yes, it gets yeah. three. And it would have made sense because of all the cloning stuff, too. That's so weird. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, meanwhile, Han, Leia, and the Rebellion find themselves on the wrong end of the Empire's new super weapon, the Hoover Vacuum, or the World <laughs> Devastators. 
The Imperial forces under Luke's command uh, decimate the Rebellion's forces. Worried for Luke, Leia mounts a rescue mission that takes them to Nar Shadda to recruit some of Han's smuggler buddies to smuggle them into Biss. Uh, they... Oh, let's see. Who are, there they are. Surprised to encounter another threat from beyond the grave. Boba Fett, where? Where? <laughs> <laughs> he chases them off uh, Nar Shadda, and Han and Leia narrowly escape with the aid of Han's ex, Shala. Uh, they eventually make it to Biss, where the, Empire <laughs> where the Emperor <laughs> unveils his real plan <laughs> uh, to transfer his <laughs> essence into Han and Leia's unborn child. This is the craziest this, thing to me. This story yeah. goes places, y'all. It goes some places. <laughs> just reading it's this, like... it, it just refreshes your memory of everything that happens in this comic. And we're not even done. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot, folks. If you've never read this before and you're listening to this, I mean, wow, just crazy. Okay. So Luke warns Leia that she never should have come uh, and that he has things totally under control. And Leia knows that he's lying because he said that a time before. He never has it under control. Uh, and he's turned to the dark side, but not really. And it's for a good reason. Or that's what he tries to tell her. Uh, he has to learn the secrets of the dark side to sabotage the Emperor's efforts and take him down from the inside. Han and Leia see how far Luke has fallen and aren't convinced that he can handle this alone. Luke downloads a lot of Imperial secrets into R2-D2, aids in Han and Leia's escape, but then tricks them with a force projection into appearing as if he had left Biss with them. But instead, he stayed behind to slay all of Palpatine's naked, lifeless clone bodies <laughs> and duel a young, slimy... Nude Emperor. I thought it said dude. <laughs> I can't believe Emperor. that you got this it's paragraph. A... I'm, so, I'm so pleased that you got How this, at work? this paragraph. Oh, That's right. This okay. Is, this okay. is the second time this has happened to Emma. First was at the convention. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. That's During right. the panel, she had to talk about naked palps. Yeah. He stayed behind to slay all of Palpatine's naked, lifeless clone bodies and duel a young, slimy nude Emperor. It's no big deal. Right. And then literally the next paragraph, the next sentence says, for real. And, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's a helpful clarifier. For real. Uh, um, Luke fails to defeat the young, slimy nude emperor, but has taken out all of the extra clone bodies. So at least he has that going for him. But he's probably scarred for life by now. <laughs> and we're, we're approaching the finish line. Leia returns to Luke on the emperor's Star Destroyer, which is attacking the rebels on Pinnacle Base. There, she duels Luke in lightsaber combat, convinces him to turn back from the dark side and to take on the Emperor again after some epic grandstanding. There it is. After some epic grandstanding from the Emperor, Luke duels him and then combines his force energy with Leia to overpower Palps with light side force energy, trapping him in his own force storm. Gotcha! Allowing them to escape. The book closes with the line... The Jedi Knights will rise again, and that's which one. I got. I get, I got goosebumps reading that line. Yeah, I, it yeah. was a good line. It's a it's good, good line. ending. Yeah, it's wow. a terrible ending, but it's a good line. It's a really good line. At the end of reading this, I kind of felt like I had just ran in a circle, and then nothing came of it. You know, <laughs> the the best thing that that can describe this book. If anybody asked me to put it into a sentence, right, it would be. Uh, this the one that you just mentioned there, Emma, which was instead he stayed behind to slay all of Palpatine's naked, lifeless clone <laughs> bodies and duel a young, slimy, nude emperor 
for real. <laughs> like that. You sold me. That is really a dark empire. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> that is the premise of it. Like that is the one sentence pitch that you should give to people. <laughs> yes. I mean, they'll be interested immediately. <laughs> Jared, you need to post that on every forum where there's a review available for this for Dark Empire. Yeah. Uh, Amazon anywhere. This is the line that should sell. Honestly, the amount of times I've loaned out my big, thick hardcover Dark Empire trilogy to friends and have been like, I'm not even going to try to explain everything that happens here. But the Emperor comes back from the dead. Luke's turn, Luke turns the dark side. And it's my favorite Star Wars story ever. And I've loaned this thing out. Uh, until I figured out how much this big hardcover collectible uh, <laughs> copy of Dark Empire trilogy is worth. Immediately. <laughs> and I have not loaned it out in six years. Because... Um, Let's Fair. just say it's high. Yes. It's very high. It's very high. It's very high. I love that. Wow. Whew. Okay. So, I mean, let's let's start with the characters. There's a, a lot to talk about, but I think starting with the characters makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, and let's start with Luke, the one that we certainly have the most questions around as we're going into this book. So, the book starts out, and we find out that Luke and Lando's ship has crashed, but they can't find Luke. Uh, but Leia senses a very dark presence. Um, and so she kind of has a sense that something is going on, you know, kind of funky with the dark side. Uh, and it maybe got Luke. Uh, and so by this point, you know, for me, as somebody that hasn't met, read much Legends, I was able to infer from this that, okay, Leia has had Jedi training. And I also was able to infer infer that she and Han had kids at that point by that point yeah. mm-hmm. that's a, uh, and so it was good at setting point. that up i think for for new new legends readers that's that's a, actually a point of contention there was a lot of drama that one of mine in skuma joe's favorite little pieces of trivia is the the love-hate relationship that exists between tom veach and timothy zahn they friggin hate oh. each other oh yeah I and oh yeah it's a great it's a the greatest rivalry in the history of star wars you heard it here first folks and zon stole veach's leia jedi children out from underneath veach so veach wanted to put leia having the first skywalker you know baby in this comic and then air the empire ended up coming out shortly before (laughs) dark empire because uh, they were being developed, and both came out in 91. Both. Yeah. This and Heir of the Empire came out in 91. That's wild. <laughs> and so he had to do rewrites to put Leia already having had children in the story, but yet she's still pregnant and going to have another child. So she went from zero children to three in the first year of expanded universe storytelling proper in 91, which is crazy. Wow, yeah. a lot of a lot of one-upsmanship there, uh, for sure. That's just, that's just scratching the surface. I'll stop with the trivia. Okay, we can, okay. We can get into the the discussion. Fascinating. Okay, so you know, obviously by this point, we hadn't really gotten to the you know the full stint of expanded universe content. Like Jared had mentioned, this was the first thing since uh, since the Star Wars nineteen seventy seven run had ended at least comics wise uh and all of a sudden we see luke and he's like turned to the dark side and he's as jared puts it dark and broody um and so how do you what what do you think led him to that i know in the comic it says that he had to do it but he never really says why you know why do you think he he chose that freddie i think i'll start with you yeah i've always thought that his purpose was 
just like what someone would quote Sun Tzu, right? Uh, the art of war. Get close to your, uh, get really, get as close to your enemy as you can, right? Closer, closer than mm -hmm. your friends. Keep your enemy closer. Uh, I forget the quote, honestly. <laughs> I can't even remember Keep it. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Keep your enemies really close, basically. <laughs> and I feel like that's what Luke does here is, is he, he spends the time to understand Palpatine, to learn, to learn what he has to offer, what, what the dark side is. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's a very tasty treat, right? He, it's almost like chocolate. He's like, oh, this is, this is kind of nice, all this power. And <laughs> he gets carried away, right? And his whole purpose is yeah. to, in my opinion, to just discover more of it so that he can use it against him. But Right. This, this is yeah. one of two 90s stories to do exactly the same plot point. And I think they're both Tom Beach. Um, <laughs> I love that. Which he, he had the background as a monk. So yeah. was interested in this light and dark dichotomy from like a philosophical kind of theological perspective. Mm. And um, so this particular plot element I find really fascinating. How close can you get to the line before you find yourself the very thing you swore to destroy? And so he thinks like, okay, the, obviously Palpatine outsmarted us. We thought we killed him. We've got to get so close to us to find out how he's surviving. But by getting so, it's like Icarus, right? He flew so close to the sun mm -hmm. that it ended up consuming him. And then it takes his sister's love to bring him back. I mean, that's that's all really poetic and Shakespearean. It follows the same but, kind of mythology that George Lucas followed, in my opinion. Mm. I think so. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it, I, it it was integral. Like it's integral to his arc. Like right, because I was like, kind of the only place he had left to go in some sense. You know, like he we've always seen him as like this goody two shoes, you know, rebellion hero. But we hadn't seen him as like someone that you weren't quite sure of his morality and stuff like that. And finally, we were able to question Luke Skywalker in a piece of media, and I think that was a really interesting spin on the character. And it was in some drafts of what might have happened in Return of the Jedi. And some fans wanted that, and then it's not what happened. It's One of the complaints against the film was that it tied a nice, tidy, neat bow on the mm -hmm. end of the original trilogy, which some folks wanted him seizing the throne, and it ends with Luke turns to the dark side, <laughs> which is not the way the story goes, but you know, could have gone that way. And so this, for me, is not like my canonical Legends Luke. It is in my head Legends, right? It is its own separate kind of what if story. However, yeah. certain writers try to work it in more than others. Um, Anderson, KJA especially tries to tie it in, but all right. So I, I have been reading some post return of the Jedi stuff recently, both in legends and Canon, some okay. stuff. Every time Leia looks at me like that, I'm like, <laughs> what did I do wrong? I've been reading some like stories about what happens immediately after return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. just by coincidence lately. And uh, Princess and the Scoundrel deals with this a little bit, which is coming up soon. I think it's right in that same niche little time period as Freddy's favorite book, Teresa Bakura, right? Yep. Luke has been through the grinder. Yeah. He experienced some soul-crushing stuff in having redeemed his father, but then his father died to save him, and his father was a intergalactic genocidal maniac. 
Also, he has to tell his sister, by the way, who was tortured by this same <laughs> maniac yeah. that also, she's hero, part of the family. Hero of the uh, Republic, right, at the time. <laughs> sure. Amazing and person. so then he watches his corpse burn and on the fire of Endor. And this, to me, is where the whole story hinges that makes Dark Empire work. Like, in terms of Luke's arc, especially... Go back, everybody, as soon as this episode is over, cue up the last five minutes of Return of the Jedi. The look on Luke's face mm-hmm. as everybody else is yub-nubbing around Endor. Mm, yeah. And they He's are partying, and Lando's got this big, goofy smile. <laughs> He's clapping. And everybody's, they're banging on um, Stormtrooper head drums, and Luke, however, is not a part of the party. Luke is off watching his father's corpse burn Mm. that changes a person yeah that changes and so he this story is him dealing with the aftermath to me i love that of that internal conflict that that's what makes dark empire work for me it was like in order for him to be closer to his dad he had to be where in the position that his dad was in Mm. oh in this frame right here i just went away of like the there's a lot of vader imagery in this yeah with like shadows and yeah, oh, stuff so like cool. that. Yeah. Both of your your points are fascinating to me because, you know, and this kind of leads into my next question: is did you like buy his fall to the to the dark side? And I honestly did not because I thought it felt extremely sudden and like there was no lead in. But now, but now that like now, Jared, you're talking about mm-hmm. how he feels uh you know what we can infer about his feelings at the end of return of the jedi it's like now now it kind of makes sense like i mean i think i would i would have some some evil feelings as well because you're like well how did my life get to this point you know it, it's all you know you got to be like angry at the at the galaxy at that point and that would certainly cause you know it, it would cause someone to turn evil so i'll, I'll take it that that both of you bought his turn to the dark side? I mean, to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, yeah. it, it to me exists in my mind as an alternative, alternate universe. Yeah. What happened after Return of the Jedi. It's a little off the beaten path compared to, I would consider the more mainline Legends approach, which is Luke becomes the teacher. However, this does cue up that whole arc really yeah. well. The Jedi will rise again. Jedi Knights will rise again at the very last line. Tease up the Jedi Academy trilogy, like that whole this starting the new generation the of Jedi, of new Jedi, Jedi order. Sure, it, it does tee it up, but I, I buy it. I buy it from the angle in which I buy it completely. <laughs> that, like when I read Dark Empire, I commit mentally. Right. You need in to. every. You have to. <laughs> but then also, part of me is like, you know, Luke is a good boy. He drinks yeah. hot chocolate. And he teaches the kids. Hey, Jerry, and he saves it, the yes. day. Isn't this on your arm? Yeah, that's uh, that's my tattoo. <laughs> oh snap! Wait, I gotta get a one shot. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, that's the that's the one that inspired the the ink. It did. Dude, uh-huh. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, For those on our audio podcast, Jared's tattoo is inspired by a very sick shot of the Millennium Falcon uh, in the Dark Empire comic. It's so cool, right. dude. Seriously, amazing. Oh, and I, I love rad, that this man. comic means enough to you to the point where you're like, I want to get this tattooed on my body. <laughs> it truly does. I, I could talk about it all day, and we've got so many more questions. Yeah, cer- certainly. Um, 
so the next character I, I want to talk about, you know, I feel like we could talk about Luke, you know, all, all night, but, but let's move on to his other half in, in many ways. Uh, and that's Leia. Um, and like I mentioned earlier at this point, you know, she's been trained as a Jedi, but again, she's not like a practicing Jedi or anything like that, or at least it doesn't seem that way to me. She's a um, back pocket Jedi, like yeah, on a rainy day. Right. Like if she, if she needs it, you know what I mean? She's Pinch like, she's got her like concealed carry license <laughs> for her lightsaber. You know what I mean? She's like, she's ready. Um, and, uh, and yeah, she's, she's got two kids with Han, um, still doing work with like the rebellion and stuff like that. Uh, the new Republic. Um, and so I, I, I find this, this prompt in here in the notes, pretty interesting. She has a kind of a limited role in the overall comic in, in that she isn't in a lot of the action until the end, uh, up until then, she's kind of the brains of the operation. Um, the one that is able to communicate to Luke through the force and kind of understand what he's thinking, what he's feeling, even where he is. Um, and so in, in many ways, she's the one that saves Luke because she's the one that pushes and pushes and pushes saying that Luke is in trouble. He says he's okay, but he's in trouble. I know I can feel it. Uh, and then she's the one that actually goes and physically mm -hmm. saves him, uh, you know, fighting with a lightsaber and and interacting with Palpatine again and and, and putting herself on the line. And so I, I'm, I'm wondering what, what you guys think of this. Do oh, you yeah. consider her to be one of the real heroes of Dark Empire? Because I know I do. I think without without her in this story, I think I think this would have ended much differently. Han would have said something like, Oh, Luke, you know, he's always getting himself into trouble. He'll be fine. You know, and then everybody else would have ignored him. But but Leia's the one that that really saved the day here. So and, and without Luke, who knows what would have happened to to the New Republic? Um, I don't know. What mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Uh, let's start with Freddy. Yeah, I feel like Leia is the keystone character in this story. With, mm -hmm. Without her, a lot of things wouldn't happen. So Luke would probably stay where he's at <laughs> he would stay in the dark side I, i'm not sure if anyone could bring him back other than leia and yeah uh at the emperor has the perfect vessel for his essence transfer and it has it has to be it has to be a, a skywalker in my opinion and the only person that's gonna have a skywalker available is leia right like mm -hmm. luke is not is not canoodling with anybody yet uh not you know, until Trusa Bakura, he starts, but... <laughs> Jared's face, oh my god. I mean, he canoodles a lot. He, with, with a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of canoodling. <laughs> Maleficent and canoodling in the same episode, huh? <laughs> so, so without Leia, there is no Dark Empire, in my opinion. Uh, Dark Empire would just be Luke being evil forever, and we would have... I don't know what Luke's Darth name would be, but... Yeah, I, Darth Hot I, I Chocolate. Without her, she, Darth Hot Chocolate. <laughs> Darth Hot Chocolate. Darth Vader Jr. Yeah, I, I feel like she's the keystone in in this story. And I I don't I haven't remembered this story as Leia's story. It for me is Palpatine and Luke. Yeah, but I remember it that way as well, which is fascinating. This, for this read through for me, she came through as a much stronger character. I, I still think there's some shortcomings with how she's written. Agreed. In terms of there's there's an indefinable Leia quality that this doesn't quite capture. Just something about 
Carrie Fisher's Sass. rebellious spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The life that she brings. And this instead is just like dark and brooding. And, yeah. and she, but she saves the day and she's birthing a new generation of Skywalkers. I mean, it's, it's an interesting story for her. She gets her own cover. Um, which, which one is this? Ah, yeah. Oh, I have that image. Uh, okay. I believe. Yeah. She's front and center in the cover for issue six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we cool, go. Holding the lightsaber. So cool. It's an epic pose for her. So the story understands how important she is. Yeah. She discovers the holocron and she, I, I like the grace she gives Vima Deboda. That's an important element. She, and that's followed up on an issue in, in dark empire Two, the sequel series that she treats this washed-out Jedi traitor with... Uh, gives her a redemption arc, which is cool. Mm. Um, which, which that's Leia to me. Um, yeah. Very political, being able to find a fringe character that everybody else has written off and pull them into the fray. You so, know, yeah. Jared, one thing... A very important I, character. Like and, to... Oh, there we go. That shot right there, too, yeah. of her snap-hissing the lightsaber is the most epic thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Whatever it says right there. Uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> One of the things that you you just mentioned there is, you know, her her. I guess it's more of the fo- not. I guess her independence, her her uh, um, her attitude, right? That she has that we've seen uh, in in several things, and, and Carrie Fisher's attitude, right? It's really Carrie Fisher mm. that brought Leia to life, in my yeah. opinion. So. The one thing I just want everyone to remember is when this book was written, or when this comic was written, it was in the 90s, right? And what did we expect to see around there? Super macho, Baywatchy style stuff, mm. right? Top Gun. And the fact that they, they didn't really try to bring a sexy Leia or or no. a wimpy da- damsel in distress that we don't expect yeah. Leia to ever really truly be, right? Like, she was waiting the Death Star. She's like, all right, it's about time. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and, and I really respect Tom Veach for writing against the the norm, I suppose. Okay. Okay, it's against I'm the grain. I'm down with that. Though today, it's yeah. not quite up to standards. To a certain right. extent, it was it was ahead of its time. I'm with you on there. Yeah, I can I can certainly agree with that. I mean, I would say that there's definitely some like dialogue moments between her and Han where like you know in a moment she would be you know more take charge of a situation than than Han, but for some reason in the comic it was him telling her like what's what's what and that always kind of like caught me funny, but then I had to remember like oh yeah, this was written in the 90s. But you're right though, like you know, in ter- you know, from other things it from legends that I've seen around this time it it really respected her uh, quite a bit more than I mean if you take like um, Splinter of the Mind uh, <laughs> yeah Splinter of the Mind's Eye even yeah, yeah. I'm that's even five thinking, years later than this and this yeah. is way ahead of that yeah. yeah I'm even thinking like Shadows of the Empire right like that was kind of kind of near here right that's what I'm talking about yeah oh yeah yeah totally. like that's like even I mean. then um, I mean so many so many you, things okay. to say Spe- speaking of Leia that there's a scene I don't know if you've got the image for this. I legit almost fell out of my chair reading this this time around. And I've read, I've seriously read Dark Empire maybe a hundred times. <laughs> okay. I fell out of, I almost fell out of my chair when she flips Palpatine out of his bed and runs away and dumps him <laughs> oh, on the Oh, I floor. do have that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, all right. Palpatine's <laughs> dying. 
He's he's this particular clone body is deteriorating, which is followed up on in um, Crimson Empire. I like the you find out who the saboteur was who sabotaged all his clones. But in this, he's dying. He's like, help me to bed. I'm just a feeble old man. And she's like, take this feeble old man, dumps him onto the friggin' floor and runs away. Oh, my God. Which it's is so good. so good. She totally would do that. Yeah, she definitely would. I oh, my gosh, I love. Her whole interaction with Palpatine, I thought, was really perfect. She's unafraid, even though he is oddly threatening her, like, with some weird stuff. Like, I'm going to take you home. I mean, yeah, I'm going to. I want to see the baby and then put my life force in him. What did he say? Yeah, he's going to, like, put himself in her baby. And I'm like, what? Like, like, what? Yeah, that's some. Gulp stuff right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she held her own in that situation, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up, that specific panel up, because, wow. I mean, if that doesn't show her attitude uh, and how you know Carrie Fisher even portrayed Leia, I don't know what else will. <laughs> right. I love that. Um, so it's it was alluded to multiple times in the book that Leia holds the future to the Jedi. Even Palpatine says something like, uh, something about Luke being more trained, but it's not him that's the key to the future. It's Leia. Um, And so I'm wondering, how do you guys think that, like specifically, that she holds the future to the Jedi? Is it just because she has Force-sensitive children? Or do you think it's some other reason? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I've personally not thought of it on any deeper level than... She's gonna birth some babies, yeah. but well, and that yeah. that very could well be the answer. Yeah, I think it it just comes down to the this this interesting thing that we've been following for uh, over thirty. Or gosh, what are how many years are we now? Uh, Seventy. I'm not gonna do math right now, but uh, I did it all day. Yeah. Time. I'm not gonna do it right now. <laughs> Forty-five. Uh, Forty forty-some years, right? We've been following the saga of the Skywalker family. And it starts with, with, you know, Shmi, we see, we see Shmi, so the mother, we see, uh, we don't see anything further than that, not yet at least. Uh, we see Anakin, we see Luke, Leia, and then we, in Legends, we see further than that, right? We see a lot further than that. And in uh, canon, we see, uh, it, it continues the line until they want to stop the line, obviously, because it, it's, it's honestly a very taxing thing to uh, do something that George worked on. I, I get that part, but that's what I feel like what we're trying to follow here is like this lineage of the Skywalkers and it's almost inevitable for any Skywalker to birth another hero or villain in my opinion and it's just in the bloodline the forces the midi-chlorians I guess <laughs> if they existed at this time <laughs> they didn't they didn't uh, maybe in George's head he was formulating it but they in they were the carriers of the force in my opinion so and and we were just obsessed with following this family um and we still are to this day. I love it. I like that explanation a lot. You know that, you know, if there's any, if there's any Skywalker out there, um, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna create some sort of disturbance. Yeah. Um, you know, not to be not to make a pun, but they're gonna cause some sort of a disturbance in the way of things, whether that's for good or bad. Because you're right. Like, I mean, Anakin started out as good and then turned bad. So, you know. If she is the future of the Jedi, who says that that's for good? You know what I mean? He could have meant, like, 
like the future of the Jedi in a bad way, like the downfall of the Jedi or something like that. I know that's not what like happens exactly, but I find it interesting. You know, I, I'm not sure Palpatine knew exactly what he was talking you about. Know, it's not just that though. Thinking about it this way too, uh, in a different point of view, is I feel like everyone knows Leia can never be evil, including the yeah. including Palpatine, right? Yeah. So if anybody is going to push the Jedi forward, it's always going to be Leia because she, as as much of a pinch hitter Jedi she is, she's a Jedi. None, you know, yeah. no doubt about it. And if anyone's going to train a bunch of people to kill uh, the the Emperor and his clones forever, it's going to be Leia. <laughs> That's just her tenacity, yeah. right? Like it, it it's, gonna it's a great be, point. Yeah, here Luke shows that he's fallible, and Leia is so strong-willed that. Yeah, she she actually poses a bigger threat to Palpatine in this story than yeah. than, uh, than Luke did. In some ways, in Legends, the way the story ends up unfolding, of course, she's pregnant with her the third child. In this story, those three children become the three tentpole characters for the continuation of this story. Yeah, with Jason, Jaina, and Anakin, they are the three most important characters who make Legends the Legends universe the great storytelling empire that it becomes um without them the, these stories could not have become nearly what they became mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um i'm i'm just glad to see you know another another side of leia's story you know if you if you've watched any other episode of this show you know that i'm a big leia fan and i really enjoy getting to to see these other sides of her and it just makes me long for a canon Leia Jedi training story. I know we get that little flashback in Tross, but I want the story, like like the whole story. Um, be fast. Emma, have I got the book for you? <laughs> what is it? It's it's called <laughs> the Joiner King. Ooh. It's the first of the Dark Nest trilogy, also known what? as the Bug Books. Don't Uh-oh. look at their rating on Utini.com. Do not look at what they're uh, rated as. You do not okay. want to know their score. They're not the most beloved books. <laughs> but Leia is trained by a reptilian Jedi named Saba Sabatine in, in Legends. It's Legends. And, oh, but okay. it's so cool. Her relationship with... Uh, don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like okay. that. Uh, <laughs> her relationship with her Jedi Master is really a cool thing. That Eventually they get there. It takes them 30 years. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. I'll, I'll have to check that out because, yeah, I mean, if anything, this reread of Dark Empire, because I have read it before, but this read of Dark Empire has definitely made me realize how much I really enjoy the story of of Leia being a Jedi, even though she's not like full on Jedi, even just, you know, partial, partial Jedi is, you know, it's really good. So they lean into it hard in that trilogy. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, all right. So. Next character that we're going to talk about is Han. So, um, I love this this quote. I'm glad you had it in your notes, uh, Jared, from from the original uh, roundtable that you did, because I was literally going to write it down, and then I saw that it was already in there. It's uh, it, it's on page 69, and it says, "quote If Luke is such a great Jedi, why do I have to keep rescuing him?" <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I mean, because it's... Is that Leia? No, that's Han that says that. That's Han. Yeah, it's very accurate. Like, I mean, (laughs) when you think about it, he, you know, he rescues him, like, all the time. And 
so many interesting parts to Han's character in this book. Um, but specifically when we get to Nar Shada is when it gets really interesting because that's where in Legends he grew up, um, which is fascinating. It sounded like Corellio is like a neighborhood of some sort of, uh, of Nar Shada. Am I getting that? That sounds correctly, Jared. Mm, I don't remember. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, anyways, he, he, Corellia. It's a five-system planet. There's five planets. Trallis. Do, do you want me to talk about all five of the? I would planets? like to hear it. Yes. <laughs> now I'm not going to list them all, but um, okay. there's a lot explored about Narshada in the Legends universe, the Crispin yeah. trilogy in particular. Oh. All of these, all these characters that are in this, Mako and the other ones, they all get. Um, Really, the great backstories in that trilogy, which is cool. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. I think Han has written so well in this series. I I think so too. I think you know his like kind of um, I guess his fight. I don't think feistiness is the right word. I don't even think it is a word. But um, I don't know. Maybe his like tenacity, or maybe maybe even his like his passion for you know his friends and his family. I think really comes through a lot. And um. Also, you know, we get to see some glimpses of him being, you know, a leader in in the the New Republic. You know, getting to teach the the new pilots uh, about about how to fly the new ships and stuff like that. Um, and, and I think you know we get to see all the all the interesting sides that we would think about uh, of about Han Solo. And so, you know, we get to see some of his traditional like smuggler type of type of, you know, ways on Narshada because he has to meet up with some old friends and I couldn't even, I mean, I can't even remember their names. They felt like one of them was like... Shug. Shug Nix. Shug, yes. Uh-huh. yes. Mako. And Mako Spence. Mako, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sala Zin? Sala, yeah, yeah, Sala. So, you know, he has to meet up with all of his old, like, smuggling friends and they're really shady and you can tell, like, you can't trust them. Um, and, and so do you think that his his smuggler side was, well, for, I'm going to ask like a little two-parter here. Do you think that Tom Veach meant to show his smuggler side? Or do you think it was out of necessity? And number two, do you think that that his backstory or, or hints at his backstory were shown well? Or do you think it was out of character? Yeah, I love it. Sure. I think it's great. You don't get any of Han's backstory in the original trilogy. You just you pick up <laughs> Han shoots Greedo in the bar, or just Greedo shoot Han. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, and <laughs> then he's off on the adventure. So then now we're going back in time. It's like, oh, hey, I've got this ex girlfriend. It's probably no big deal, right? Huh? <laughs> and it's. I think the Narshada looks awesome here. The the washed out greens yeah. are so cool. It, it's got a, such a life of its own in expanded universe content beyond this. Um, the idea that one of them hates Han because Han did him dirty. It's a little derivative of the Lando relationship. Yeah, but, um, that's what I thought too. I I love the, the Narshada arc. Eating of course, Boba Fett's hanging out down there. He knows Han's <laughs> yeah. like a dog going back to his vomit. <laughs> That's a that's a great analogy, Jared. Uh, you know, because you know, you and I just you know we've got two puppies running around. Who knows what they're doing right now? That's right. So that's a good thought. 
Um, Freddie, what, what do you think of? You about, think it's derivative too yeah. of Flando on Smuggler side, right? It, it's always fun seeing something that we hadn't seen already. We know of, right? We know Hans the Smuggler. Uh, we know that he means well, and and he's doing this for money because he knows how. And it's interesting to see his friends, loosely termed friends, uh, you know, more like acquaintances that become friends out of necessity. I'd say. But yeah, it's it's really interesting seeing how how uh, I guess it, it's almost like, hey, <laughs> this life probably isn't sustainable for kids, right? I think that's what we're trying to see here. It's it's like there's there's a change that Han needs to accept. He needs to go into from this singlehood that he's had his entire life, being alone, to being a dad, which is a whole different story. That's a whole different game. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up, Freddie, because our next question ha does have to do with with uh, Han and his his parenthood. Um, I don't know how how old are the Solo twins at this point, Jared? Uh, I'm not the timeline guy. Um, yeah, you're not the timeline guy. The timeline with this is a little murky. <laughs> yeah, I think they. I'm gonna say young children. Young children. Okay. Toddlers. Because I, I, I was originally going to ask, is he ready for fatherhood? But then I remembered, like, wait a second. He technically is a father, even though... I mean, Han Solo is just... He's nothing but dad energy. He really yeah, is. Yeah. It, it's strange because, you know, he definitely does have that, that dad energy like you're talking about. You know, he, he cares a lot <laughs> about the people he loves. And, you know, he's definitely got some dad jokes in him. You know, that that's a requirement. Uh but it's always strange because I don't think I ever really look back at the he's character of Hansel and think, <laughs> yeah, that guy, you know, he's a father to, to people. I don't, I don't know if I ever think of him in that way. You know, Think I mean? of it. He, all right. He loves to drive his messy car. He hangs out with his dog friend. <laughs> he gripes at his significant other nonstop. Yeah. He is... Uh, he likes to hang out in bars. I mean, he's yeah. just he's but he's a but he's a good guy at heart. He's right. nothing but dad energy. Nothing but dad energy. Right. Do you th do you think that he he's going to be you know, like under I mean, I know you probably you, you know, you know the answer to this, but if you are reading this blindly like I am, do you think that that Leia should be worried about him being understanding of the whole like Jedi lifestyle thing? Because I think I would be like if I was if I was Leia, I would be really worried because it doesn't seem like he's super open to it. Like especially when you know we see when Leia meets the old Jedi on the street, like he he doesn't believe in the stuff in, in the Jedi stuff, you know, hokey religions and all that. Um, and so I'm if I'm Leia, I'm wondering like, is Han gonna support? Yeah what yeah. my kid's lifestyle is going to have to be. You know what I mean? That's a that's a big sticking point in Legends. I mean, it really, really it becomes a huge friction point. And so you're right to be thinking that. Um, Good. It's, it's a... <laughs> uh, I would say you should always be concerned about Han, about everything, always. He's a, he's a disaster. <laughs> but he, yeah. it doesn't so much matter if he understands the Jedi he's thing as much back. as like he loves you. And he'll be there for you. Yeah. And he may argue as and gripe about back, about every step of the way, but back and he'll never um, sell you short. At, yeah. At probably his at the cost of his own life, even. Yeah. 
True. Yeah, that's very true. He's he's very loyal as long as he gets loyalty in return. I like that. All right, next character. We knew it was coming. Emperor Palpatine. Um, you know, uh, the dead speak, shall we say. Um, and, and he he's back. So this is kind of fascinating, especially... You know, discussing this with the rise of Skywalker, kind of taking a similar sort of, you know, path in that Palpatine comes back via cloning. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so Dark Empire does this using some sort of a unnamed clone from an unnamed, unknown source. And he's just got a bunch of them in waiting. And it doesn't seem like they last very long. Or at least that's what I was gathering. Um, and it also, to me, in Dark Empire, seemed like Palpatine wasn't, like, an individual. It seemed like he was, like, more of an energy. You know what I mean? An energy that just transferred from body to body. Um, and in The Rise of Skywalker, you felt more like Palpatine was an individual and that he was a clone, actually, of himself. I didn't actually get that vibe that he was just an energy. And so I'm kind of wondering what y'all's thoughts are on on the the sort of comparison between Dark Empire and the Rise of Skywalker in how they handle Palpatine not only coming back, but also how they handle the whole cloning thing. Because cloning can get very messy. I think we're all aware that, you know, that, that lays some dangerous foundations. So I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts regarding those two, <laughs> two things. I've got thoughts. Well, Freddie's trying to sort out his audio there a little bit. Um, in the middle of a move, he's getting it all working smoothly. I think, first of all, Palpatine's essence transfer plot is so much better suited to a comic book than a multi-million dollar film. Yes. That's the conclusion to a trilogy <laughs> that Palpatine wasn't in. Um, and I, I I like Rise of Skywalker more than most folks, but I, I think that it the comic does it a lot better. Because it's just, it's implausible enough to like, hey, you throw it in the comic book. All right, sure, we'll go with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like comics do crazy stuff all the time. Why, why exactly. Not this? <laughs> this this is a comic. It sounds better, Freddie. Um, it, it's a comic book story to me. Secondly, it is explained better in this to me. Yeah. He's you get to see the room full of cloned bodies, and he's basically saying, "I can take one of two things: a baby or a mindless body, but I've got to be able to overpower the mind that's in it." And um, so that is all logical. He explains it a little bit. There's a little bit of exposition, just like one page. It's not anything. Yeah. Rise Skywalker gives you nothing mm. in terms of right. like explaining this other than it's a dangerous Sith ritual. And, <laughs> um, yeah, better watch out or I'll take your brain. Um, and he did it poorly because he's like yeah, yeah. got these ugly fingernails and stuff like that. Like he, he looks sickly, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's fine with me because in this, he's showing that the bodies decay. They yeah. age. That's poorly true. accelerated and so all of that creates a sense of urgency as a storytelling mechanism and then you get the young Palpatine and then the next issue there's a middle-aged Palpatine and then the <laughs> yeah. next issue there's an old crusty Palpatine and he's like clock's ticking I gotta take your baby right so all of that <laughs> is all, all of that is interesting it works in a comic book next issue he's older um, but most importantly in Return of the Jedi there's another piece of um, just a, a, a nugget, little, little storytelling thread 
Just like Luke looking upon Vader's burning corpse sets up Luke's arc in this, there's a moment in front of the Jedi that makes all this make sense to me. Palpatine is not worried for his own safety when Luke and Vader are in the middle of their duel. Palpatine never bats an eyelash. He is not in the least bit concerned. Luke is standing right there, ready to freaking murder him. (laughs) And Palpatine says, "Um, take your weapon and strike me down. And then your journey to the dark side will be complete. He's clearly got a contingency plan. Yeah. He's got a contingency plan. I I cannot watch Return of the Jedi (laughs) and think Palpatine is in danger. Why are you why are you making these good points? I would, I mean, I've been thinking about this story uh, for 20 years. I mean, now I feel like I There's, like I missed something totally obvious cuz now that you're saying it, it's like mm-hmm. so obvious. Yeah. If it makes you want to go back and re rewatch yeah, the original trilogy, then you're doing it right. That, that That's I, what the expanded universe does at its best. But seeing George Lucas say this with his lips, and I'll never forget this. He said, "If you did not see them die, don't think they are dead. <laughs> and and that was from his lips. And to this day, I feel like we never saw Palpatine die. And <laughs> that is possibly a design yeah. from him to leave a possible string of a story that he can use later on. It's the smartest thing. It makes sense. And And to see, first of all, to see this Dark Empire talk about essence transfer, I feel like this must have been a, a George Lucas thing that he's he's been wanting to do. So to see it, come alive in in the sequels i mean first of all i was excited i was super excited to see it i was i said this is something we've been seeing since the 90s we've seen essence transfer and then of course you know you there 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 are people who are arguing and they should probably go back and read some of the tomes the ancient tomes of of uh, dark empire and see that this has been a thing and there's an opening for it I mean, we have battle meditation as well. The 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 powers, <laughs> yeah, the force powers cannot. You know, there's no boundary. The greatest force power <laughs> really. of all time. So I, I I have, in my opinion, they both can happen yeah. in the same timeline. Yeah. One is just like, no, that's, hey, that's we good. found your body. He's like, ah, oh, I guess I gotta use this yeah. one. <laughs> I don't have any clones left. <laughs> they killed them all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's faking in space. Just yeah, go with yeah. it. Right. Yeah. I, I do think the comic does it better, in my opinion. I, w- I would agree. With, I would agree with that, definitely. Because, you know, in the movie, all we see is like, you know, pickled Snoke. And we are just supposed <laughs> to. Snoke. We're supposed Snoke. to infer. Can we add that to Hot Dog Boba Fett and of make course. it out to the memes. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, as soon as the show's over, I'm going to go downstairs and eat some some, some of my refrigerator pickles. <laughs> And we'll be thinking about Snoke's craggly face. All right, what other toppings do we need to come up with right now? Ketchup? Who's the ketchup in this story? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so we've got on the subject of Palpatine, um, some folks here in the chat, shout out to Anakin Solo and Steve Hilton, both having some great comments. Um, Talking about the the fact that there's a Dark Empire audio drama. We've not talked about that on this episode. Oh, I didn't know that. What? Uh, Yeah, I've got, uh, I'll share, I'll give you the goods. When the show's Good, over, okay. uh, you can you. borrow it. We'll say that much. <laughs> okay. You can borrow it. Um, <laughs> Thanks, bro. Just for legality's sake. Yeah. And the problem with now, I love them. They're great. Very well mm-hmm. done. The the only issue with the, the audio drama, you don't get you know to is? see. You don't get to see naked palps. The smooth bits. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the problem with most media these days. 
goes through the bits. Wow. Um, okay. On that note, um, <laughs> do you guys think that this whole like cloning? It's a very. Uh, I don't even know how to transition away from that, honestly. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna roll right on by. Just, uh, just a hard transition. Yeah, That's hard, right. hard transition, hard pivot. Um, <laughs> as I'm seeing these, I mean, these pictures roll by. I don't know who, I don't know who wrote this in the notes, but it just says gooey, <laughs> and then the next bullet Hashtag point says, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Something I don't know if I should say, but that's okay. <laughs> he has smooth parts. He has yeah, smooth parts. Yeah, he does. He's smooth, smooth. Yes. Yeah, he's, he has um, smooth parts. I wonder if that's open to interpretation in terms of like that's just how the artist, that's how Kennedy had to draw yeah. it in order to make it acceptable, or if Palpatine is intentionally <laughs> creating these sterile clones. Of, I've thought about this. You way have a too tattoo. Much. Uh, what if he's wearing with, like you know, like Dark a green Empire leotard? The main <laughs> emphasis of it all. It it doesn't surprise me that this is stuff that we need to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you that's right. It's, it's like, about oh, it. are they? Do they actually have nothing there, or is that? Is that I I think it's choice? intentional. He created clones yeah. that could not replicate, so as to minimize risk there in case go. one of his clones developed a mind. This is my theory. In case one of his clones <laughs> went rogue, developed a mind of its own. That's how you ended up with Ray. Ray, the reason she exists, whoa, is that the canon. <laughs> Palpatine did not give his clone smooth bits. That is the reason why. <laughs> you heard it here. Jared, what? Sweeping declaration. Because she's the son of, what's his name? Corbin? Um, she's Dathan. the daughter yeah. of... She's the daughter of Palpatine's clone obvious. son. Clone son, who did not have smooth bits, obviously. It makes bits, sense, man. I love it. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> It does that's, now. That's what ruined Palpatine's grand plan, the lack of smooth parts. That's Yes. There. Okay. Okay. I I can live with that. I can live with that. I think we've had enough Palpatine for tonight. That's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I agree. Um no, but I mean in in all reality, we can't have too much naked Palpatine. I mean, we mention it every show. We try to Try to fit it in somehow, you know, so I'm, I'm glad we got to break it down and, and hear that theory because now, now I'm like, wait, that could be really plausible and I don't like it. That's not the worst theory I've ever had. No. Um, no I today, I just... had, today I had the idea that we could put RFID chips in the back of our Bibles for check-in at church. So when you walk in the door, you boop, you beep your Bible on the door to prove that you were at church. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I've had some really bad ideas. So this was not my worst I mean, okay, that's interesting. Oh, we just went from Palpatine to that. To RFID chips? Yeah. Someone, someone put, I saw on the news, someone put yeah, an RFID chip in their Get in wrist. the door easier. Like, like a scientist. <laughs> yeah, you saw that? Yeah. So they can like, they can, like when it's time to Apple Pay, they just go like that. And everybody's like, what's happening? That feels super Star Warsy to mm. me. Anyways, uh, last character we have to talk about is Boba Fett. And this is going to be a very brief conversation because he was hardly in this comic at all um i also don't know who wrote this <laughs> he's not a hot point, but it does say not yummy at all i like that that's funny he's not a I hot dog and in fact now i'm as you now i'm super confused yeah, as to did. why because i know i'm i know i'm the one that started the hot dog boba fett meme right but let, let me pull up the picture for you this is not hot it's dog. um it's hot this dog not hamburger wait now i'm confusing myself 
Yeah, he's link. Yeah, because it's right, yeah. right, 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 right. So that's probably what I was thinking. Anyways, he goes here's hot dog ways down Fett. the page. Right, vertical. Yes. So he's long. Portrait mode. You're right. Exactly. Um, and even Han is looking like, whoa, why are you so like long like that, bro? Like, <laughs> look at his face. Like, he's the, like, what? That's the best. Um, <laughs> that's the worst joke I've ever made. This is, um, this is one of the best quotes in Legends history. <laughs> so good. The Sarlacc found me somewhat indigestible. Yes, that that's was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Such a great about. line. I completely forgot until I reread this Today, I completely forgot that this line was in Dark Empire. I thought it was in a book or something like. I don't know what I thought it was in, but when I read that line, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, it's so good!" And and it and it definitely hits differently now, having Book of Boba Fett, you know, and we get to see how he actually survives the Sarlacc pit and and kind of see what happens after that. Because, I mean, in this situation, like his armor looks a little different, but that's about Dude. it. Like he has a new ship, <laughs> yeah, you know. Slave, not slave one, but slave two. <laughs> and then those are like the only differences. But we actually get to see, like, in Book of Boba Fett, you know, his character kind of change from surviving the Starlight Pit. So I want to ask you guys, like, obviously, you know, he doesn't have a very large part in the story at all. He probably shows up in a few pages and that's it. Um, the biggest thing that comes out of his being in this story is that we find out that he survived the Starlight Pit, but. Do you guys see this as just a cameo, or do you think that there's something more to it? And and this answer might depend on, you know, because you guys have read the other uh, two parts of the trilogy, and I have not, so I don't know if if it ties in at all. Well, Freddie's the Boba Fett fanboy here. Boba yeah, Fett's first, parts, right? They always have to come come in fairly epic, in my opinion. It, it's not just like a you just roll his character right through. It has to, it has to be fairly robust just like you know the sarlacc found me rather indigestible or i I can't remember the exact term but indigestible Mm -hmm. and then of course you see him in in blood ties and it's he's he's facing a bunch of gangsters i think and they got all of their guns pointed at him and he's not afraid and then it goes immediately into a story of him trying to take a tooth from i forget what character or what what beast Mm. yeah the balrog right and so <laughs> the Balrog. We've read it a few times. Why do you know we've that? Jared? I think we've like... talked about it. <laughs> Balrog or something like that. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's the right term or not. Uh, the, I just said yeah, a word. There you go. Uh, and, that might be and from Lord of the Rings. In my opinion, yeah. Balieg, 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 possibly. Uh, Balieg. Is that where was I going with this whole thing? Anyway, I think that's it. They have to be epic, right? And and. Too much. His, his entrances have to be. Uh, epic. Yes, it, it depends, saying. right? Like, I feel like, in my opinion, you can't have too much. You can never have too much of Boba Fett, but I feel like you need to keep him. You have to give him a rather small part. He can't have a main part, but he has to be. Exactly, it has to be uh, something that yeah. is still. That's how he's used that, in that the original trilogy, not, right? It's like a mosquito, <laughs> right? You can't. It's hard to get rid of. Uh, very. <laughs> yeah I, go ahead jared i, I, I think go ahead you raise and, oh no i'm just saying like it, you raise a it's, good point. it's a it's a uh, a story no, it's a kink in the story <laughs> that is a fun it, to me it's a fun right it's a fun right it's it's going to be battling it's going to be it's going to be shoot em up right so if there's a you can always count on boba fett basically to to have a shoot em up uh old west i guess kind of shootout in my opinion if you need if you need that action boba fett's where you go Oh yeah. yeah, this this story 
uses Boba Fett. Just like the Narshadas stuff is kind of derivative of the Lando <laughs> story arc, this is derivative of how Boba Fett's used in the original trilogy. Sure. You make a great point, Emma, in your leading question to say he's not in the story a whole lot. Was he really necessary? No. However, yeah. Dark Empire does not hold back. Uh, this is a let's take it to 11 kind of series. And as yeah. such, you got to splash some Boba Fett in there. Why not? Um <laughs> This would be like, you know, that High Republic uh, whiteboard that has where dinosaurs on there. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes. Whole meme. This would be like if they actually did every single idea on the whiteboard <laughs> in a six I love that so much, Jared. <laughs> sure. Right. Like, of course, it's got dinosaurs and the dinosaurs are naked. Right. So, so it's just like they and they're vacuum cleaners. So right, right. this story, it just you don't say no. This is like an improv <laughs> thing. We're and, just, just going to say yes worked, to everything. Right. In and my opinion, fit it, it all just, in and make it this, work. This. Um, it seems like a train wreck of of many different things happening, but it just works. It works really well. Tom Veach. <laughs> you needed this for yeah. you needed this for Tom. True, uh, for, you did. For, I've said Tom Veach's yeah. story. You needed this for Han's story. Yeah, it it Who makes but Han dogs. needed a real credible threat, <laughs> and uh, you've got it for a few pages. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> what if it was just the guy in a hot dog suit who said greeting solo and shot him it would still work for me no it'd still work um, yeah i would still love dark empire just as much and then thirdly yeah. my third point about boba fett is cam cam kennedy loves He's good boba at fett. drawing boba fett he has yeah. drawn a handful of legends boba fett comics and even today, you can go to his website and like buy custom-drawn Boba Fetts from Cam Kennedy. Oh, wow. I'm going to get one for myself one of these days. And um, so he just – it's his favorite character. So I, I wonder if during one of the meetings, he says to Tom Beach, I only have one request. Yeah. I'm going to put Boba Fett in this story. I don't know for <laughs> sure. That's that's my headcanon. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think I think the one good thing going for it is that Boba Fett doesn't overtake the story in any way, um, yeah. which I think is – is a positive. I can imagine still Tom adds Beach this, like, with a cigar. It's like cool hey, factor uh, to give it. Me one of those so, I think it was a good balance. And then he goes, a little bit uh, of flavor. Hot dog a hamburger. And he goes, hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. I love that. That's hilarious. Um, all right. Before we start rounding down, I do have a few like overarching questions that didn't really fit in any of the. The, the character sections. Um, so this was a question from the old show notes that Jared <laughs> sent me. Um, I love the way it's worded, so I'm going to read it as a quote. What's up with Mon Cala always being attacked? It happens in canon with Clone Wars, Dark Lord of the Sith, and Mutiny at Mon Cala, and in Legends here and in Legacy, uh, where they are almost killed by the Sith. So <laughs> I do like the way that's worded. I Mon can't Cala. believe I wrote that. I thought you wrote this. Because you I didn't like write that, no. Mutiny at Mon Cala is your favorite story. I know, which is why, like, props for you, props to you for getting that, getting Mutiny at Mon Cala, of all things, fit into a Legends episode. Bravo, <laughs> sir. Yeah, bravo. No, you wrote that, dude. I didn't write that. Um, no way. Yeah, so, I mean, good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that, big time. So... Uh, yeah, Monkel is always getting in some trouble. Um, I always find it, and I also find it interesting that it was called what was it called, calamari, or something. <laughs> the, yeah. And then it's Dak in one of the stories. It's got a oh, different so, name entirely. Yeah, you told me about that. Wasn't that wasn't that in the seventy seven run of the comics? It might have been. 
It's it's also in Legacy. I think it's called Dak. Dak, yeah. It's, um, what's up with that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But in this story, um, it's just straight up calamari. That's calamari, and I love that. It's like it's like well, huh, what do we call this planet? I don't know. They're called the Mon Calamari. Let's just call it calamari. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I wish that we kind of got to see a little bit more of the, you know, of of I guess calamari. Um, oh yeah. I think it would have been interesting. Seeing the world devastators kind of tear to shreds was sad though. Like, it's like they they think that um, you know Admiral Akbar um, kind of left them for dead, and then you know that kind of didn't end up well for them and all because of his mm-hmm. affiliation with the rebellion that leaves them as a big target for the empire so i don't know i find that find that pretty interesting so emma what's the what's the name of the like uh time travel uh, sci-fi theory that the timeline the always corrects itself oh. so like there's this movie uh, what is it called the uh, final countdown i don't know there's a movie where people <laughs> escape destiny they escape oh, their final death, destination and the rest of the time the rest of the movie uh they're just there's more and more <laughs> final destination so there's more of the i said final countdown yeah. <laughs> there's more and more tragic things happening to them and they're trying to escape death and it's like you cannot escape you oh, were supposed to die familiar. it's yeah. like a it's like a time travel uh, theory that people have like you can't escape destiny we just want and to live that's that's what Mont Cala is it it has to be obliterated in canon yeah. In legends yeah uh, that's right and the, they had it doesn't matter when and where it will be decimated you can't right. escape it right it doesn't matter what timeline right. we're in it doesn't matter what, it, what the planet's uh, called it's gonna right? be in the, it's uh, gonna uh, be torn shreds yeah. cartoons he was like a shark <laughs> crazy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like the deepest voice uh, oh wow okay um that's fascinating uh, i was honestly i remember the first time i read this i was surprised to see you know calamari you know mon Cala, whatever i was surprised to see it in something this early but it's always really cool to see planets kind of go from legends and make the jump into canon i always think that's really mm-hmm. cool yeah these are some early roots yeah yeah for sure um all right so Dark Empire has a lot of new things in it. Lots of world building. Uh, to, to name a few, we have the World Devastators, a new super weapon that is basically, <laughs> if you haven't read this comic, they're basically vacuums. That that's, that's why we keep referring to vacuums in this episode, if you were curious. <laughs> and they're wet vacs, as we just discovered, because yes. they vacuum up a water world. They're, yes. There you go. <laughs> They're they're like uh they're like a shot back, and and they suck up everything on a planet, right? The landscape of the planet, the the oceans of the planet, the people of the planet. It just it just sucks it all up, and it and it and it kind of converts it to its raw elements. Okay, so you have a brand new super weapon yeah. there. Wild. That's the crazy. And by the way, part. they just look like big. That's the crazy part. And so there's a factory inside. So up, then it turns out. This is the crazy thing. What? Yeah, they, every I didn't know that. single thing, all the matter, organic, <laughs> whatever, anything it sucks up, goes into furnaces to make basically these robotic. Right, the robotic, robotic uh, tie fighters, boxy tie fighters. Yeah. Yeah. So like everything that gets sucked in there, just imagine it going into a furnace. That's right. Terrifying. They're drones. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) 
So even like if, it, if it sucks yeah. up those poor Mon Calamari, they're also going into the furnace. Raw elements. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's sad. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. It's wild. It is. It's one of the wackier things in the story. Yeah, this is a real um, horrific super weapon. I mean, all super weapons are horrible in their own ways, but this one is unique. If you don't um, like it, you can destroy you them shoot in the, the classic uh, the N64 to, video game Rogue Squadron. What? Rogue I think squadron. the legs are like the repulsor lift, so if you shoot the legs off, it just eventually falls to the ground. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? That's insane. That's so Ooh. cool. Is this the first place that they showed yeah, up? So World Devastators? Or was that the video game? Which came first? Yeah, and then in this, Rogue this Squadron. Did. Video game, video game it's was cool. 96. Um, but in the story, they the way they're defeated is yeah. not by crippling the legs, but they suck each other up. <laughs> That's good. That's that go figure. So so when one world devastator sucks up another <laughs> world devastator, does it make another world devastator in the factory? <laughs> no, but it just it breaks the story. The story is over. It's like all right, you did yeah. it. Congratulations. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Uh, so another unique thing that we have with the world These building are, cool. are the E-wings. E as in Emma. Uh, yeah, they they are. I also wonder why the only inspiration K-wing. we have for ships are letters. Does anyone have sure. any idea? At this point in time. At this There's point in time. It, there is eventually, yeah. Oh my god. Um the E-Wings, that, that to me was like, hey, we're making a sequel to the original trilogy. Like, we are going to make something on par with the original films. It's going to have every essential Star Wars element. We've got a huge, you know, big bad villain, a pull to the dark side. We've got, uh, you know, Boba Fett's back. Um, what else? Super weapon. Yep, that's on the that's on the board. Yeah. How about, also, we need uh, yeah. some, this to me has some really, really strong world building for the planets. The planets mm. that Dark Empire establishes are, to me, um, established really clearly visually. I mean, look at that right there—the pink, um, yeah, the pink spires on the what is that pinnacle moon? Yeah, pinnacle um, base and those chipmunk those like backs. crazy yep. looking, you know, bat. They're chipmunk bats, right? It's chipmunk, yeah. They're they're flying, flying chipmunk bats. Yeah, they got big cheeks. Yeah. And so it it establishes the visual language of Star Wars really really clearly. Totally. But one of those things is, yeah, we yeah, gotta those, have a spaceship. For those wondering, the, the K-wing the yeah. uh, comes into yeah. the. Uh, I love that. Before the um, storm, I think that's the uh, Black Fleet crisis. So there you go, Emma. There's any any letter. Think of it. There might be a ship. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a very nineties trope for the EU. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like that. I like that. So, yeah, lots of lots of world building. Does anyone, you know? Freddie, do you have something uh, that's well, part I mean, of the Dark art. Empire that the we, art, we, we haven't mentioned yet that you absolutely love? We can keep talking about this art forever. I love it. It's, it's extremely original yeah. and unique, in my opinion. You you may find copycats, but there's nobody that does their art style the same as Cam, Cam Kennedy. It's, it's You can see it from miles away, in my opinion. You see it and you're like, yeah, that's that's watercolor. That's for sure. And the fact that it's watercolor, I mean, it. I don't know. Yeah. If, I'm not sure if you've ever seen anyone work with watercolors <laughs> But, you know, watching watching a couple of, of YouTube videos and seeing what he did with these comics must have taken hours, but that's just pure skill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I remember water, you know, doing <laughs> it goes you everywhere know, the, like, like sand. Crayola watercolors <laughs> when I was a kid. You couldn't control where that stuff goes. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. And then to be able to like draw something as detailed as like the Millennium Falcon or something like that, that's wild. I mean, I- I'm glad that you brought up the art actually, because that's the one major question that I have left. And it's a big sticking point for me. I think I have a very unpopular opinion in that I don't yeah. think I enjoy it. Oh, yeah, a lot of people don't. It's divisive. Um, yeah. You, you either love it or you hate it. That's true. I, and I think the problem for me is that I'm a very visual person. And when I can't see w- like all of the colors of something, it kind of drives me crazy. Like, like not knowing. I mean, I know what you know <laughs> Han Solo looks like, but how do I know at this point he doesn't have a head full of gray hair? Uh, because his yeah. kids are driving him nuts. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just stylized. <laughs> it's just oh, I it's, know, I know. It's stylized. I like that it's not trying to make it look exactly like the like the likenesses of the characters. That that's yeah. probably the biggest sticking point I have with the art is that the characters yeah. don't really look a whole lot like the right. the actors. But it's stylized. Like it's interpreted. It's it's a riff on Star Wars, and that yeah. to me, I don't want that from every Star Wars story. Right. Yeah. But for a six issue thing that was reviving totally. Star Wars comics after the wacky cartoony I mean, 90s stuff. This, right. Let me th- I mean, say the, one the, more thing. The right? 70s, 80s what, stuff. The title, the title of this, this series. This works for me. It's called Dark Empire. Cam Kennedy's art is dark, in my opinion. There is there is no, you know, cartoony light vibes yeah. at all. It's, it's dark. It's a very... Yeah, this is not Jackson Star Wars. This is a very this dark is not Jackson Star Wars. kind of time. Very, <laughs> if, if, if you've been following us talking about this, if you've read this yourself, it's a roller coaster of emotions. So many things are happening from so many different angles. And, you know, it continues to go into a second one, but and in a third one. But... And Jacob described <laughs> Dark Empire 2 as if well, Dark Empire we is could a talk 10 about the on the floating, craziness scale. Uh, floating Dark Empire Jedi 2 ball. is at a 12. You know, that's oh, a whole God. different story. My, one of my, so buckle up for one that. One of my favorite Jedis. <laughs> Empatajoyos Brand, the greatest <laughs> Jedi in the history of Star Wars. <laughs> I feel like I'm yeah. going to end up having to like read Dark Empire 2 and Dark Empire 3 like tonight. Cause this yeah, is... Empire's End. You've got to do it. you got to do it. Um yeah. Get, get, give yourself. Give yourself. It's a lot. Like, let your brain recover from this. <laughs> Remember that it was them. spread I need, over. Like, to take like some sort of a cleanse over in a between while. each one. <laughs> That's to, right. Like, fully digest it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was for a reason, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love. They're that. enjoyable. Um, but yeah, so, if you've read this, you got to get to them. Yeah, I, I I should I should, and I remember when you guys when you guys talked about them on Legends Look Back, I was like, oh, I've read the first Dark Empire, I should read the second too. And then you guys, when you guys said that they were even crazier, I was like, that seems I'm a little a uh, little daunting. <laughs> um, all right, so I have a a few kind of like Easter egg type things. Um, Ooh, fun. Uh, before we get to our final ratings, these were just things I noticed. I didn't like skim through it very thoroughly um i didn't have time to do that this week um but i do have a few observations i mentioned this one earlier but i kind of want to come back to it um on narshada when they talk about han growing up uh han mentioned something about like corellians or something like that and that made me really infer that narshada like that like corellia is like a part of narshada and i don't know if that's true or if i misinterpreted what he was saying but it really got me interested about about you know what 
about what Narshada's mm-hmm. history is because it obviously seems like Han has a great deal of history there and yeah. you know whether or not whether or not Corellia is a term that is used on Narshada I don't know but but that definitely caught my eye for whatever reason <laughs> I'm curious about the first origin of Corellia in the EU I have to look that up um, yeah yeah, I was supposed to be writing a piece for the site about Corellia, so I should probably find find out. <laughs> uh, that's good. The Smuggler's Moon, Narshada's, there's huts yeah. and there's smugglers. That's all you need to know. Right, right. And Narshada came back quite um, quite a bit in, in canon comics, uh, which is really cool. Um, it's in KOTOR. Oh, and it's in KOTOR. No kidding. KOTOR 2. Yeah. KOTOR 2. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a very fascinating planet. Um, there was a trade called showdown on the smuggler's moon i think that was the star wars 2015 run so it came back yeah. as early as that and oh yeah um yeah this it, it's a it's a cool planet i like seeing it again uh another one i i picked up mm, on is yeah. the whole luke skywalker force projection thing that happens mm-hmm. in the fifth issue uh where he's kind of like you know quote unquote in the room with leia and han and the whole crew making them think that they were able to rescue him uh, uh, from the Imperial Palace, but actually he was just force projecting himself. And they called it a dark side force power. And they called it a yeah. dark side force trait. That's the other thing, Jared. That is fascinating to me because in The Last Jedi, Luke also does force projection. And that isn't seen as a dark side trait in that. It's seen as like a heroic act mm-hmm. that is selfless and and generally good, you know, but this one is seen as like yeah. really evil and mischievous. In Legends, it is a dark side thing. Interesting. Uh, it comes up quite a bit more. I, uh, did you guys like when, when you were, did, when you were watching The Last Jedi, did oh, you yeah. think, oh, yeah. it's from Legends? Or, like, yeah. or did it just like totally. Uh, the second you know, I saw, oh, yeah, for sure. You uh-huh. know, the force you transfer <laughs> conversation, I was like, okay, I've seen this before. And I, I really started to enjoy it because i was like we're getting some really healthy nods to some very uh legends legends (laughs) in my opinion and uh and and having that force projection uh you know at first i didn't catch it and and when they had it i was like oh my goodness they did it again another another pool from legends and uh i really enjoyed it i was a big fan Yeah, Do you have more Easter eggs? Because I've got one. Uh, so I have I have one more, and this is kind of more for my my canon comics readers specifically. Um, the character Sala, who who is one of Han's former girlfriends, I am like ninety nine percent sure that Sanastaros in mm-hmm. canon is inspired from Sala. From That's what Dark most people Empire. think. Yeah, uh, you know their looks are very similar, like physically. Um, physically, they look very similar. Sana also has some sort of like romantic past. <laughs> Not a very with good Han. breakup. <laughs> um, but they're salty about it. There's tension. But they're, yeah, but they're both salty about it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and their names sound similar. That's kind of the obvious one. Right. Um, and and they're both like smuggler type type folks. And <laughs> yeah, I when I saw it again, I was like, wait a second. And I had to kind of like, I had to backtrack a little bit in my mind. I was like, wait. Yeah. So Sana is in canon, and then Sala is in Legends, and they're extremely similar. So there must have been some sort of some sort of inspiration taken. And so I, th- I thought that was a really, you know, fun fun thing to discover. I thought I think it's a fun yeah. nod that the canon authors made to Dark Empire to, yeah. you know, 
I think at this point it has to be intentional. I was about to say whether they. I mean, you're feeling it or not, how we feel I, I think when it, Jared and I read this you know, new stuff and watch this was, new stuff. We're like, hey, so. hey, this is, is uh, this is Legends. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> it's the it's yeah. the Leonardo well done, DiCaprio meme. The... <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the amount of times I do that as a Legends fan <laughs> is, I, I compare it to that meme all the time for sure. All right, I've got one more Easter egg. Yeah, give it to me. I think. And I didn't look this up. So, spitballing, sweeping, sweeping declaration, Ooh. mic drop. This is the first appearance of a holocron right. in Star Wars. Mm, interesting, yeah. Okay. And Palpatine, he's like, first of all, he tempts her with it. He's like, you want to see my toy? <laughs> and then he is mad when she steals it. Yeah. And he's like, I need you to bring me back my Jedi in his box, okay? I need my elephant Jedi bug in his box on the pedestal where he belongs. Stormtroopers! She took my toy, you know, and so it to me is like so ridiculous. What's he gonna yeah. do with that? What's 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 he gonna do with that thing? What what can the holocron teach him that he doesn't already know? Sure, yeah. Is it even gonna work for him? Because he's a dark sider and it's a light side holocron. I, but he he dispatches the entire imperial fleet to find his holocron. <laughs> I love that so much. I also that thought Jedi, that was like whiny. <laughs> that Jedi is significant in Legends history. The one in the holocron that go back and tell his story in the yeah. Tales of the Jedi comics. Voto Siask so cool. Bosk. Yeah. That's that's a great Easter egg. Oh yeah. He's huh. great. I like I like how <laughs> It, the the look of holocrons have certainly yeah. changed. I mean, they're definitely inspired by the same thing, <laughs> yeah. like a blue cube, right? But now they're not just like some sort of blue ethereal matter. They they're you know, actually like kind of ornamental oh, in a way on the outside. Cool. So I think that's oh, yeah. cool. one more thing. It's I just Easter bought my egg, first holocron. I feel like we didn't really touch soon. on it. <gasps> nice. How crazy the uh, the dark side okay. wormhole is that just just. <laughs> We there's so much crazy stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have so many questions about that, but I f- I feel like if I think about it more more than two seconds, I'm probably gonna, you know, need to take a nap or something. Let's do let's do a Legends look back episode yep. one of these days. We'll have him on for it. Force the craziest uh, force powers in Legends, and so that's Ooh. that'll be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, because that is like that shouldn't be possible and i i personally think a lot of crazy things Pretty can happen the with canon. the force i want to see for- i just generally believe that but that is like that is it's it's next level <laughs> can you imagine make, if they brought that make back hyperspace canon? wormholes canon again we'll make red hats and everything <laughs> and yes. specifically and specifically call them yep. a wormhole don't call them anything different only a wormhole okay wow <laughs> perfect yeah that was fascinating um so let's go around the the let's go around our round table and uh, and rank uh, rate this this. Uh, I didn't want to do it like an initial rating because I feel like we all kind of have our our ideas. Yeah. So I figured we'd save it t- towards the end. Uh, We've been doing that more with new, our show too. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a good system, especially now that we don't have like the whole decimal number system to play with. I think it's kind of you know more interesting to wait to see to the end. Uh, I'll go first as you guys think about it. Again, using the our new Utini rating system, uh, I'm gonna give it. This is hard. I'm gonna give it a good. I hope. I hope nobody's like too offended by that. But no. <laughs> I, I think for me, it's 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 so goofy. But at the same time, it's trying to take itself so seriously, and I don't know right. if like. I don't know if that vibe works yeah. for me very much. That I, is I, exactly the vibe that makes this so good for me. 
I, that combination. I mean, listen, I'm so glad that we can have that that difference of opinion though, because because I think it shows like just our yeah. different styles of what we like to read, and I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody can handle you know super weapon vacuums and naked clones <laughs> all in one book, and no, not everybody's cut out for this life. No. <laughs> But some people are. So, yeah, I'm giving it a good, a respectful good, though. I appreciate what yeah. it was trying to do. And I appreciate the risks it took and and the story that it told. So I certainly have an appreciation I'm, for I it. I feel like you and I have That's the good same rating on this one. It, I mean, this, okay. is, <laughs> this is a story that I have seen forever in my life. I It is it is like oxygen. I You know, Dark Empire. Grew up with it. Uh, grew up not really understanding it, but in, for instance, in, in Rogue Squadron, I helped, uh, I was in Rogue Squadron in the game and helped them take down these world devastators. Uh, I enjoyed, you know, seeing a lot of these things come back into the sequels. I've enjoyed it as a kid. I have the hardcover, of course, I've got a lot of the other stuff. This is this is something that's been with me forever, and it's really difficult, right? I'm coming on the opposite spectrum to say anything less than masterpiece. It the 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 Camp Kennedy's art is fascinating to me because it's so different and original and stylized. It nothing you don't see anything like it in in a, in many comics. So to me, it's just a it's a very nostalgic so piece to yeah. me as well. And and that's the cool thing, right? Is it. it we don't have to have the same opinions on this. We respect it for what it is. We don't have to. We don't have to like it as much as everybody else. Uh, but to me, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. It, it is. It is very meme worthy. <laughs> it it fits. Uh, you know, it fits our our. I, I would say if Legends Look Back had a theme song and <laughs> if that the theme least, song yes. uh, was based upon Dark Empire, that's what our theme song would be. <laughs> Awesome! Yeah, I love that. It's not perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah I Someone also go masterpiece. I, though I don't think it's perfect. I think that I think that there, there's there's some qualities to this that are for me my favorite Star Wars ever. It's so unique and um, is a great follow up to Return of the <laughs> Jedi. But Return of the Jedi also has teddy bears, and this is just like. Uh, we're gonna flush your teddy bears down our hyperspace wormhole, <laughs> and then suck them up in the vacuum cleaners, and turn them into Tie Fighters. So it's so ridiculously it takes itself seriously, as you said. I, I don't think it's perfect. It's yeah. a huge leap from the Marvel stuff. The dialogue is snappy, like the films, which I appreciate. That Han sounds like Han to me in my head. Yeah. Um, the locations are really original. There's great world building. Um, it really follows up well on the idea mm-hmm. that Luke is shook and that Palpatine uh, had a contingency plan. Um, the the philosophical stuff of can we mm-hmm. defeat the dark side by infiltrating it or will mm-hmm. it consume you? That whole dynamic to me is so interesting. Uh, it's lacking, I think, in some of the like heartwarming and or funny elements of Star mm-hmm. Wars that makes Star Wars what it is. The the <laughs> it's a little bit too dire. The droids are the only humor in the entire thing, uh, except for the things that we laugh at because we think of how ridiculous yeah. they are, which well, I don't yeah. think is what you want. And the droids make the same jokes that they do in the movies, <laughs> like pretty much. Yeah, I was going to say, the droids are the only humor, and even that's not great. Right, um, right. 
But it's got so many iconic moments. The first holocron, the return of Boba Fett. Han has an ex-girlfriend. Palps reborn. The birth of Anakin Solo. The first time... The first time Leia wielded a lightsaber, we're not counting Splinter of the Mind's Eye. We're not counting that. <laughs> um, it, it's got a couple of really, really, really well-written lines. The Sarlacc found me somewhat indigestible solo. Now, here's another good one. I'll tell you the truth about your father. The great Darth yeah. Vader was a sick man in an iron mask. Oh, that is awesome. That is so um, good. And then the final line yeah. of the Jedi Knights will rise again. It just, it just tees up. The rest of the EU, it's like in it's like in college. I took like high level seminar classes, and we had to give a presentation at the end. And we would kind of you know discuss with each other right before the presentation. Hey, we open up for the Q and A portion. What's your favorite? Let's all color? just lob each other a softball or two, just to just to get it started, right? Like I. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, like a a tough question that we pre wrote and gave to a classmate, so that they ask the question. You're like, hmm, that's a great question. In fact, here's what I think about that. And then it makes you sound super smart. That's what this is. It tees up. It just It's a softball for the rest of the EU. Yeah. Everything that follows after this, that line, it just it knocks it out of the park from here. Um, it's not, it's perfect, not perfect, but it is. But it's Dark Empire. It is my favorite piece of Star Wars <laughs> of all time. That's right. <laughs> Put it on Boom. a shirt. That's, that's a quote. Put it on the back of the book. Love it. Love it. That, that feels like... Like a great place to to end it there. Um, thank you both for for joining me for this. Um, this was really fun and felt <laughs> feels like a long time coming. So I'm glad that we were able to do it. So yeah, and a long you. time running. This is the longest episode of the Cosmic Force ever. <laughs> yes, Maybe. I have zero doubt about that. And you know, it, it fits. It works. It works. Um, so yeah, uh, next week. Um, Monday on the Living Force, uh, they've got the Shadow of the Sith uh, Roundtable uh, Part 2 of that. Um, so that's going to be really fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, for As for Cosmic Force, we are taking a week off. We will be back uh, the week after that. Um, so that's, uh, I think, August 24th, maybe. Uh, we are going to do um, a To Be Announced episode. So, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And Jared and Freddie, it's a big day, big day tomorrow. Uh Jared. Tell us what, what you got going on, Jared. Well, I got Jared a, or Freddy, I've got a breakfast meeting at 7.15 with uh-huh. one of my bosses. Right. Uh, no, take we, the puppy out to go to the bathroom. A uh, th- hundred yeah. times. We've yeah. got the 100th episode <laughs> of Dark. Nope, not Dark Empire. Of Legends Look Back. 100th episode of Legends Look Back. It's a black tie affair. Guest for the first time ever featuring um, <laughs> Dr. Corey Helton, CEO of Utini.com, in case you've never heard of him. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, some uh, one of Eric's stupid games is going to make an appearance. I Ooh. mean, there's there's some fun stuff for sure. We're going to do a Legends Award show, like uh, the best oh. of the best of Legends, top to bottom, inside out, upside down, all that good stuff. That's awesome. Well, I have a like a weird gut feeling, like a sick feeling in my stomach that Shadows of the uh, Empire is going to win one or cringy something. moments. But oh, uh, I don't know if it is, but that's good. <laughs> oh yeah, it's good. Well, listen, <laughs> cringy. Mo- yeah, yeah, it wins. That's the- going in the show notes. Do it, do it. Tell tell them it's a it's a write in. Um, well, congratulations to the, the both of you on a hundred episodes. That's like thank you. And the technical problems do Bravo. not stop. I mean, yeah, for, for real. <laughs> it has. 
<laughs> hey. We well, but it. this one, Freddie, this one wasn't really your fault. You know, you can't can't control the weather. You know, we we did That's make right. it. I'm I'm happy that we made it. You know, monsoon. <laughs> I've never been in a monsoon it, before, but me, it doesn't sound like it's super easy to run tech in a monsoon. Two miles so, away. I mean, it's going crazy. Bravo there. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh gosh! Possibly. Okay. Wow. I couldn't, I couldn't well, before coming everything coming out of anyone's fingertips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Yeah. You should go out and check, you know, just in case. Uh, uh, hey, Palpatine, you out there? Do you have any clothes on? <laughs> it's Alrighty, folks. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Please make sure you tune in to Legends Look Back's uh, 100th episode tomorrow night. Uh, that'd be Thursday, August 11th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. It is going to be an absolute blast, and I for sure cannot wait to watch it. But that will do it for this week's episode of The Cosmic Force. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show right here on YouTube, where you can catch us every uh, live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We also encourage you to subscribe to our audio version on any podcast platform you listen to. You can also follow us on Twitter and tweet at the show, at Cosmic Force Show, to stay informed about Star Wars comics news. Or you can follow the hosts individually. I'm at IrmaJedi26, Jared is at JaredQMaze, and Freddy is at WakeUpFreddy. For reviews, articles, and news for the rest of the Expanded Universe, be sure to visit utini.com. We encourage you to, visit, to join our Utini Discord community and go to uh, utini.com slash discord to do that. You can help support the show by heading to patreon.com slash utini to start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Matt Billington, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Allerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. Thanks so much again to Jared and Freddie for hosting with me tonight, and a special thank you to our listeners for joining us. We truly appreciate you. See everyone next week, or the week after that. <laughs> and as always, may the Force be with you. 